Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at patreon.com slash inspired disorder. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality. This is my top five pieces of advice that I would give my younger self if I had a time machine and can go back in time. Uh, what would be the things I would tell myself, uh, which is always an interesting thought experiment. Uh, I'm trying to think of when it would have to be, let's say I go back in time to, uh, I mean, one of the hardest times in my life was probably like middle school, right? Bullying at its peak, suicidal thoughts at its peak, uh, just depressed and just a horrible life i think it peaked out around eighth grade so maybe if i could go back in time i'd go back in time to that time of my life just i don't know if i would listen to myself but i'm assuming with this thought experiment that i do listen to myself so anyway these are the top five things i would tell my younger self my my seventh or eighth grade year old self i don't know how old you are in those probably early teens, uh, which that's probably all the hormone things going through and just every, just my body turning into a dumpster fire, which turning into your 40s isn't much different than, I guess, in a lot of ways than becoming 13. But uh, anyway, this is my top five things I would tell my younger self. Starting off with number five. It's something that surprises everybody that I tell, and it's surprising that uh, it was part of my life for so long. Uh, it's the denial that I had. It's, it's an, a, denial is a powerful thing, and it's so easy to see that you are in denial once you're out of it. Uh, but when you're in it, it's, it's tough, and I, I think that's what's happening with a lot of people in America, that, that they, there's a severe amount of denial going on and probably trauma, uh, a denial of trauma maybe too. Uh, but that thing is, coming in at number five, is the fact that I'm colorblind. Uh, I am an artist. I was artistic back then. Uh, my mom is an artist. Uh, and I, I had always thought that I had just never learned how to identify different colors. That is how I justified it in my head. So that's, it's so easy to like just convince yourself of things. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I always wanted to be an artist uh, or graphic designer. And it's something that is like I need to learn colors first. Like I, learned, I need to learn how to identify colors first. And I remember I was in like 27, 26 years old going online, pulling up colorblind tests. So I had always like, maybe I'm colorblind, but I never tested myself, right? Playing Trivial Pursuit, I always had a problem identifying the green triangle from the brown triangle, especially if, if I wasn't playing in a well-lit room because the brown one just looks a little bit darker than the green one for me. Uh, and there's other little things that like I learned how to identify colors by just understanding how colors work and things like that. So I was able to, uh, you know, convince myself and other people that I wasn't colorblind. Um, you know, also I was into art that didn't require accurate color usage. 
Um, and art in general doesn't require that. So there's not a big deal. But it wasn't until I was 26, 27 where I was like, oh, I'm colorblind. And it's crazy not only that I was in denial of it for so long, but the fact that I was raised by a woman, it's actually not crazy, but it adds another layer of, oh, she just didn't really care uh, or pay attention, that my mom is an artist and she didn't understand that I was colorblind. I remember being punished. It was like first or second grade, being punished for using the wrong crayon to color uh, a stalk of corn or a tennis ball. I can't remember what it was. Um, and I got in trouble for using the wrong color. Uh, but for whatever reason, nobody told me I was colorblind. And I just didn't want to believe it uh, until I was 26, 27. So the first thing I would do, I would tell myself, listen, you are colorblind. Like, just get out of that the denial that you're in. It's not a big deal. I think a lot of the reason why I was in denial is because I did want to become an artist. So I was like, there's got to be a way I can learn colors and understand, you know, I can make things look right. Because it's being colorblind, it, color isn't something that I really put a lot of thought into, the color palette of a, of a thing. Uh, mainly because I don't see many colors. Uh, you know, the colorblindness isn't like black and white, but it's just I don't see... Like, if you see 100 colors, I see, like, 70. You know, I don't know if that's actually what it is. And I have the colorblind glasses that I got, which I score better on colorblind tests, but I'm still colorblind. I'm just less colorblind with those glasses. Um, but, yeah, that would be the first thing i do. I think it would just be nice to have somebody tell me and, uh, you know, tell me it's okay. Just, like, I, because it, it was a bummer when I found out. When I confirmed it to myself, it was a bummer. I had a lot of other things going on, too. But, you know, it's it, to have somebody kind of uh, be there to uh, guide that conversation would have been nice. Uh, so, but that's why number five, not a huge thing, but it's something that I would have appreciated. Somebody, it would have been nice for somebody to be like, hey, dude, I think you're colorblind. Let's take a test. Oh, you are colorblind. Guess what? Don't worry about it. Uh, you're not going to be you're not going to be a fighter pilot. Like I may not be able to fly a plane actually, uh, because I'm colorblind. That that might be a requirement. Uh, oh, government mandates. Uh, but anyway, let's move on now to number four. My number four thing I would tell my younger selves self, uh, or advice I would give. I, just something I'd tell my younger self. I tell myself that you are going to live many different lives you're going to have your life in middle school you're going to have your life in high school but once you get out of school you're going to start meeting a lot of new people you're going to move you're going to meet a lot of people in the valley that you've never met you're going to move out of the valley you're going to move to san diego you're going to meet a ton of people in san diego you're going to meet a bunch of new friends in san diego and then you're going to have different lives in San Diego. You're going to move to Denver. 
and you're going to have a life in Denver, and then things are going to fall apart, and you're going to move back to the desert. You're going to have many girlfriends over this time. You're going to fall in love many times. Like, the idea when you're young that, like, this is it. I think part of that is the fact that so many people ask you what you're going to do with your life when you have no, you have barely any experience living, let alone perspective on what direction you should go in. Uh, that would be that would be the thing. It's just like, dude, no matter what you think life is right now, it's going to be completely different in ten years, in twenty years. So appreciate the life you're living. But don't let it weigh down on you. Don't let it consume you. Don't let it trick you into thinking that this is it, that there are no other potential ways of experiencing this reality, this life that we're living. Uh, so that would be the fourth thing, is that, like, just give myself some perspective. It's like, listen, you're going to be, you're going to go work at a company that you're going to find out doesn't care about you. Like, they're going to use insults, intimidations, and threats for the decade plus that you work there in order to somehow get more productivity out of you. And you're going to be a really good employee, but it won't matter. That's going to be a life that at one point you're going to completely forget because it's been so long since you've lived that life. You're going to have a life where you're working at a movie theater, you know? You're going to have a life where you're working in a movie theater and you get to work. You're going to have a life where you're, you're working at a blockbuster. You're going to have a life where you're not working anywhere. And you're just trying to make your life work as an artist. You're trying to make your life work as a podcaster. You're trying to survive doing the things you love instead of working for a company that on a daily basis would threaten... Uh, just toxic, toxic. And you're going to survive, even during a pandemic. But there's going to be a lot of different lives. Uh, so that'd be my number four. The number three thing that I would advise my younger self, I would tell my younger self is, uh, and if this is at the same age, right? I'm 13. No internet yet. Internet's not a thing. Uh, but I'll tell myself, I mean, listen, I know you're not into acting. You're not into being in front of a camera. You're not into performing. You're not like a performance guy. I know. You're, you're a quiet dude. You like to sit alone in your room and draw and paint. You like being alone. You like your alone time. And don't worry. A lot of this is going to be the same thing. But there's going to be this platform that comes out on this new service called the Internet. And this platform is going to be a way where if you record video of yourself, you can put that video on a platform and anybody with a device will be able to pull up your content and consume it. So you can make your own TV shows. You can make your own movies. You can make your own radio shows. And this stuff is going to start. It's going to start. And you're going to do your first one. You're going to do the Billy Dallas show back in, two, in 2007. So by the time you are, if I'm 13, 14 years from now, 
14, 15 years from now, you're going to decide, why not? You're into podcasts, you listen to podcasts, which don't worry about what those are, you'll see. And you want to try your own. It's early YouTube. Barely YouTube. Like, you, you could only upload, like, 10-minute clips on YouTube back then. Uh, but video podcasts were the main way to get high-def, the only way to get high-def video uh, distribution were through podcasts. Um, and that's my introduction to podcasts were video podcasts back in 2007. And I did my first podcast or internet show called The Billy Dallas Show, but I only did like six episodes, seven episodes, and then I stopped. A lot of other things were happening in my life. I was moving, trying to buy a, a place to live, and, you know, big transitions in my life. And I stopped doing it, which what I had initially thought was just going to be a while. I had tried to bring it back a couple times, but I never did. Uh, so there was a big gap in two th from 2007 to about 2009, 2010. 2009, I started doing podcasting on a regular basis. And I think 2010, I started doing YouTube versions. Um, and I wish I had kept going from the beginning. Just doing anything, any video. Not, it doesn't have to be the Billy Dallas show. It can be just video i mean the thing is there were no trends there was like a lot of like a, the youtube and video on the internet was so new that it was it was like i i didn't know i didn't know but i should have stayed with it because i would have been able to grow an audience on my youtube page and i would have been able to maintain that audience and keep that audience and my youtube page would be much bigger than what it is now didn't do it so i would go back and be like yo Stay with YouTube. Once it starts, you're gonna get the you're gonna want to start creating in that platform just for fun as an experiment. Just keep making videos. They don't have to be podcasts, they don't have to be specific to anything. Just keep putting on a regular basis, putting up content. Build that audience. That'd be one thing I would I would uh I would say. Um build that audience. Also kind of out of all of the things, I mean, social media back then was MySpace. So from social media-wise, things kind of jumped around. Went like Friendster to MySpace to Facebook to Twitter to Instagram uh, to Vine to TikTok. Um, whereas YouTube has been YouTube. Eventually they got bought out by Google, but YouTube, if I had been building an audience, I mean, they weren't monetizing anybody yet, but if I could build an audience and build subscribers starting even a few years earlier than when I did, would have put me leaps and bounds farther ahead uh, as far as growing an audience. So uh, stay with YouTube uh, would have been my advice. A little over four years ago, I started The Many Faces. It's an ongoing series of abstract ink portraits. Each piece is improvised. Each piece is released daily. Start collecting now. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF. That stands for The Many Faces. And save yourself 25% when you use coupon code RTS. That stands for The Ray Taylor Show because that's what you're listening to. And I love you. So I want you to save 25% when you use that coupon code. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF. 
and use coupon code RTS to save 25% when you start collecting one of over 1,600 original ink paintings. By myself, I made them. Support me. I love you. Back to the show. My number two, the the second most uh, desperate thing I would need and want to tell my younger self uh, at 13 is to, actually probably would have been a good time, is to invest in Apple and eventually Bitcoin. And Apple, you're just going to have to figure that out. I don't know how you invest in companies back then. Robinhood and all these apps that make it easy to invest in companies didn't exist. And I didn't have any money. But I would have been like, as soon as you start making money, just little bits, a dollar at a time, whatever it takes. But it's going to be worth so much. And when Bitcoin started, I was aware of Bitcoin and actually got in on Bitcoin early, but had to cash out for financial reasons right before it blew up the first time. Uh, so I would be like, hey, don't touch your Bitcoin money. Put money into Bitcoin, you know, put more into it, but there's going to be a massive spike, a massive spike. It's going to go from like $2,000 for a Bitcoin up to $20,000 for a Bitcoin. Cash out, cash out when it hits 20 around, what was that, 2017, 2018, somewhere around there, it, it topped out and then fell back down. Invest again in Bitcoin. The day Trump got diagnosed with COVID, Bitcoin plummeted. It was down to like $5,000 for a Bitcoin, maybe even less. I want to say it was even like 800 bucks. There was like that day when Trump you know, told everybody that he was diagnosed with, with COVID, it was like nothing. Now, at the moment, I had no money. In reality, I had no money uh, because, you know, the pandemic, I didn't know if I was going to get a unemployment. I didn't know if I was going to get any stimulus checks. I had no money to be investing in Bitcoin at that moment. But actually, maybe, 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 no, maybe, maybe not. Um, but I would have told myself, listen, invest early as you did, but keep it in there just a little bit longer. Like I literally cashed out like months before, like less than a year before it exploded. Cash out when it explodes, invest again, save that money, invest again when I know it's crazy. There's going to be a reality TV show star that got fired from his reality TV show because he was so racist, but then because of his racism, coagulated the hate and white supremacy of the United States into a complete ball of, of, of hellfire, and he's going to combine them as his base and become president. There's going to be a global pandemic that happens. Why this failed reality TV show host, who's also a failed businessman, is now president. And guess what he's going to do? That's right. He's going to fail. He's going to fail the country. But most importantly, he's going to fail himself. And he's going to get sick from the disease that he says is fake. 
and all of his followers believe is fake. He's going to get sick, and on that day, Bitcoin's going to be dirt cheap, and you want to buy back in. Take that $20,000, that $40,000 that you would have had, put that into Bitcoin when it's low, 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 right? Buy it, like, it's, let's, say, let's say it was $1,000, right? So I have, say, 20,000 Bitcoin. Bitcoin today, as I'm recording this, I want to say is up around $42,000, $43,000. So for, I'd have like a half a million dollars. I'd have a half a million dollars. And that's not even, if, if at the peak of where it was, I think it was up to like 60000 at one point. Bitcoin got up to. So that'd be like $600,000. Insanity. Insanity. Actually, no. It was 1,000 and I put 10,000. So I'd have, I'd have 10,000 Bitcoin. No, I'd have 10 Bitcoin. So 10 times, yeah. So that'd be 600,000. So that'd be the second thing I'd tell myself, that'd be the second most important thing. Be like, listen, super easy investment stuff. Big returns, big returns. Uh, and Apple stock, you use Apple products. They are, first off, I, I was super against Apple for many years until I got my first Apple computer. And then I was like, oh, this is why. They work really well. You do, it's not a constant headache. You're not constantly dealing with viruses and blue screens of death. Oh, and by the way, Apple products come with software for free that allow you to edit not only your audio podcast, but your video podcast. And guess what? Even in the year 2021, those are the only two editing softwares you use for your modern day podcast. Now I use Photoshop for the thumbnails, but iMovie and GarageBand are all I have ever used for over 20 10 years of podcasting. You don't need to spend a lot of money to do this. Uh, but you can get a lot of money if you can get back in time and tell yourself to invest in Apple and invest in Bitcoin on a couple key times, key moments. Uh, so yeah, that'd be my number two. My number one, my number one thing, the most important thing that I would go back in time to tell my younger self the biggest piece of advice I would give myself, the biggest tool I would be able to give myself is to teach myself and get used to implementing in my life as a lifestyle thing, meditation and breath work, which is their hand in hand. Uh, because that is something that in my real life, once I started getting into meditation and breathing techniques. I found that it helped me get a lot more control over myself when I feel the most out of control. Uh, and if I were to go back to myself as a 13-year-old or however old you are in 6th or 7th or 8th grade in middle school, that would be a moment in time where I'm like, listen, you can't control the fact that you're going to get bullied by all these horrible people. 
You're not going to control the fact that teachers will see you get bullied and do nothing to stop it. You're going to go home to a mom that doesn't really care. You're kind of a burden to her, right? It feels like you're alone, which surprisingly you'll enjoy those moments when you get older. But here's what you can do to help lessen your anxiety, because I had nonstop anxiety also through most of my life until I realized how to meditate and be mindful I realized, how, and then on the moments when I do get anxiety again, I was like, oh, like recent, like last year, year and a half ago when I was having a bunch of panic attacks, tons of anxiety, it reminded me of middle school because that's part of what life was like. Anxiety, panic attacks, depression, suicidal thoughts. So the biggest tool that I would be able to, to give myself, something that costs nothing, that's something that I can start, and uh, meditations like hiking. If you're outdoors, putting one foot in front of the other, you're doing it, right? If you're meditating, if you're, if you're attempting to do the thing, you're doing the thing. Yes, people can be really good at, quote-unquote, hiking. You know, people can be really good at hiking, People can also get really good at meditating. A lot of that comes from experience and actually wanting to get better, having the desire to improve at a discipline. Uh, but if you're outside walking, you're hiking. And if you're, if you're trying to calm your mind and be in the moment, then you're meditating. So uh, that would be the number one tool I would go back and teach myself because it would be the one thing that I would 100% be able to use in my life for so many reasons. There's so many things throughout my life, throughout my existence, where I wish I had known how to meditate or how to breathe and have breathing techniques and understanding that a lot of anxiety and panic attacks are caused by the fact that you're not breathing correctly. So that'd be my number one thing. Because money comes and goes. Let's say I did get myself half a million dollars from Bitcoin. Who's to say I would spend that correctly? You know? Who knows where my life's at? But if I'm meditating and from a young age I'm able to quiet my mind, which is something that took a long time to do, uh, that would have helped me exponentially uh, growing up is if, if I had sat myself down and uh, just, uh, you know, top, told myself, hey, you need to get into meditation. Something that you will use for the rest of your life. Uh, so that'd be my number one thing. I would go back in time to tell my younger self. Let me know what your five things are that you would go back and tell your younger self. I would like to hear them. I'm sure there are things that I didn't think of that would have been no-brainers. Uh, but yeah, let me know in the comments of this video on social media at Ray Taylor. But this has been my top five pieces of advice for my younger self. Let me go through the list one more time. Number five, telling myself I'm colorblind. Just get that denial right out the way. 
Number four, I'm going to live many lives. I'm going to have many friend groups. I'm going to fall in love many times. Uh, so just because something ends doesn't mean it's forever. Uh, number three would be stay with YouTube. Once you get into it, just stay with it and start putting cranking shit out. It doesn't have to be anything specific. Just crank it out. Experiment. There are no rules. Just put it out there. Put it out there. Put it out there and uh, grow it. Uh, number two would be investing in Apple and Bitcoin. Uh, and number one is meditation or breathing, mindfulness, say that. Uh, there's a lot of names for what it is, but uh, those would be my top five things that I would go back in time to tell my younger self. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on IGTV, YouTube, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad free over at patreon.com slash inspired disorder. Buy a Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com and follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Oh!